0818-104321. Good afternoon. You're listening to Local Media This Week, the programme where we talk about events that are happening in the papers. And we're possibly a little bit earlier than normal uh, broadcasting this week because of an event going on, which we will talk about in part two. Uh, and we're recording a day late because Thursday has turned into Friday. And I suppose we'll have even more knowledge of the papers that they have been uh, read over by our participants. So we're joined by John S. Kelly. John, good afternoon. Afternoon, Luke. Uh, Pat O'Brien. Pat, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Luke. And, and uh, keeping the Tungraney a massive, uh, a- educated and informed, David Fleming. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. <laughs> Excellent. Listen, good, good, good to see you all. We will get into it. Page one of The Champion. And Dan Danaher, who is our local East Clare correspondent as well, there's a number of articles in the papers and uh, they all sort of relate, we'll say, to the hospital. So we might sort of go through the main one that, that Dan has on page one, but we can sort of refer to a few other ones that are in the, in the paper as well. So claims that UHL delays have caused 514 deaths is the main topic on The Champion. And Dan writes, in excess of 500 patients have died as a direct result of delays at the emergency department at UHL Limerick during a 17-month period, a hospital lobby group has claimed. David, talk to me. Yeah, this is a, this is a sort of a sensational story, really. Um, the, a study has been conducted by the uh, by the uh, Midwest Hospital Campaign, which claims that in excess of 500 patients have died, as you said, as a direct result of delays in the emergency department. And the study was done by Dr. Chris Moulton and Dr. Cliff Mann, both, um, both involved in emergency medicine research, uh, one at the University of Manchester. Um, and it would be, it's, if, if, if true or accurate, it would be rather uh, startling. Now, UL Hospital Group has rejected the assertion that 514 people have died, saying it is not evidence-based. Um, with the numbers calculated on the basis of research undertaken in other jurisdictions. So that puts the kibosh on it. You have a, con- a, a total contrast, both basing their, uh, their arguments and presentations on scientific data. Yeah. Now, the listener outside, the third, day, the third person, you know, what are they to believe? It's a, a claim that's denied yes. by a... A, a professional group within the hospital structure. Well, now, John, I think we could be uh, getting around words here and said the figure of 514 is not evidence-based. Yeah. Right? And if you look at it, uh, the University of Manchester would say where Dr. Cliff Mann was the NHS National Clinic Advisor for Accident Emergency Care. This research was carried out in England in 2019, a country where the ED setup is very similar to that in Ireland. So I don't take it they have actual access to the figures. No, they don't have access to, uh, to Irish figures. Yeah. And what they've done, I suspect, is they have taken the conditions and they have looked at number of deaths and the type of deaths, and they have drawn conclusions based on that, based on their experience in England. So what's the, what's the value of the particular uh, uh, presentation? Well, the, 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 from the UL Hospitals Group is that it's of no value. But of course, from the campaign group, it's very valuable. It is highlighting the issue. What actually they should have done, in my view, was that they should have conducted research using Irish data. Indeed. Um, like you, it was, this would have always been the case and will always be the case. Uh, there were always going to be the response 
you've looked at uh, it's outside of the constituency. Yes. yes, similarities, but in two entirely different systems. That might have made sense, David. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but in any event, the campaign has brought this evidence to the Dáil Public Petitions Committee. Um, and the public, uh, w w w once there are more than 15,000 signatures, which I think uh, the committee did receive in June 2022, um, the Dáil committee has to deliberate and to see whether it would be then a matter for discussion within the Dáil. Yeah, and David, that's referenced as well in page six uh, of the Champion. Dan has the article there at the bottom of page six, Hospital Group Given Sophie's Choice. And it says the Midwest Hospital Campaign was asked to choose one Model 2 hospital for upgrade to a Model 3 with 24-hour casualty cover when representatives appeared before Dáil Committee this week. You know, so th there's a full article there in, 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 rela in relation to it all. Of course, and that's basically, they've been asked to choose between uh, Ennis and Nina, as to say, wh which would turn into, you know, the, uh, I think, the, the level the level three, I think, is what we would call a normal... An accident, 20, an emergency. Uh, 20, 20, and are they, who, are they saying, Luke, that... Um that there will be an upgrade or that of one of the hospitals or I, I is it think, just being talked about? I think it's just a talking shop at right. the minute, I think, at the well. Uh, I, I I just note one thing in the second, uh, would say, bracket of the, the article there. In view of the fact that ED, which is the emergency department, at UHL was built for a capacity of 70,000 and a Delight report recorded 79,644 patients in 2022. So it's already 10,000 over capacity. Yes. So what conclusion can you draw from that? It would point out that the, the evidence that they're suggesting about the, the possibility of death arising from um, over capacity, you know, if an, if, if an accident in emergency department is built for a certain number of people and it's now oversubscribed, you have to draw a conclusion that it's not functioning the way it was originally designed. It Therefore, couldn't. It what, can't. What, what should that lead one to conclude? It might require a bit of forward thinking and planning, John, which isn't going to happen because it hasn't happened since 2009 when they made the decision in the first place. Good God. I mean, I, I'm listening to... But we, we have, John, all of us here have, have <laughs> come to this conclusion that the hospital in Limerick isn't able to cope with the volume of patients um, going in there and that the only potential solution is to um, you look at the nearer, reopen the, near, the, the other hospitals and it's probably going to boil down to it. It's going to be a, a toss the coin and see which one it'll be. Yeah. So, to be realistic about it, uh, people in West Clare won't be happy if it's Nina. We'll be happy if it's Nina. Because we said instead of having to go to uh, Limerick, yeah. we, we'll go to Nina. But the thing about it is it needs to be done. This is, goes back to the whole thing. Our populations are increasing. Yeah. We haven't built hospitals. The, that's, that fact that's given there, that the, the emergency department in Limerick is a new build. It's not something that was built 20 years ago. Yeah. Mm. And it has an annual capacity of 70,000. And it's 10,000 over already. It's yeah. no wonder we're suffering. Yeah, and there are yeah. other services as well then. Following the same line of argument that, you're, that both of you have put forward there, there are other services, nothing to do with hospitals, security, police, and what have you. But the same thing has happened. The expansion in the population yeah. should have generated yeah. a positive reaction. Well, that's the topic, John, for another day. Pat, 
Oh no, we'll have to come back to that. We could no. be talking about it for hours. Yeah, we will come. We will come back to it. Yeah. Pat, your thoughts? It's just here, um, uh, Marie McMahon, whose husband died on a trolley. Uh, she she quoted some figures. She said, "There's eleven. The population of Port Leash region have eleven other emergency departments to choose from in the same time frame as it would take me and and many others in County Clare to reach UHL." In Tullamore's region, there is a choice of 10 other emergency departments for the population, while those in Walsford have a choice of three others in the same time frame. I have one hospital to go to, and that is Limerick. Why are the people in our region treated as second-class citizens? The Midwestern Health Campaign was represented by Nolan Warren, Marie McMahon, Hilary, uh, Miss Hilary Tong, and, Miss, and Theresa Delaney. So um, it looks like, like you're, you're talking to 400,000 people in the region. One hospital. Now, um, as she quoted there, all the, the, the hospitals of the country have, have various mm -hmm. choices of, of emergency. What, what, what is likely to happen is a redrawing of the boundaries so that um, a lot of Tipperary will probably be removed and put into another district. Yeah, but listen, it, this is a cluster that has been going on for a long period of time, and you can argue that I think our politicians have badly failed everyone. And it's not just Clare politicians, it's Limerick politicians, it's mm. Tipperary politicians. We were around this table a number of years ago, and the question were being asked, would the politicians of Clare, Limerick and Tip get together and sort of take a stand for their constituents in relation to the hospital and potentially bring down a government unless action was taken? And what happened? Nothing. In fact, the threat of bringing down a government that would cause a certain reaction, all right. Mm. And maybe, maybe it's time we move towards that. Put your nail... Put well, your... We, we, we do need to hear what our politicians think. And, of course, many of our politicians are members of government parties. Yep. Um, Deputy Nocton in Roscommon, of course, did resign yeah. his ministerial post and lost the whip um, because of the hospital up there in Roscommon. And, but we remember him for that, for that principal yeah. stand. Yeah. Well, in, in the last uh, Saturday Chronicle there, that I was on, I, I had Carl Crow on, and I pushed him, I said, wasn't the, 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 the closing of St. John's and Innes and, and Nina a big mistake? And he, he agreed with me that it was. So, it's know, easy, it is very easy to, to agree with people. It's a little bit more difficult to actually do something about it. Well, speaking of the HSE, John, and all other things, there's an article on page 10 of the Clare Echo. The HSE CEO is to be invited to a behind-closed-door meeting with councillors. That's Bernard Gloucester is going to meet the councillors. Uh, uh, he's going to be summoned to an in-camera workshop with local elected representatives in Clare. The problem, it's an interesting one, Luke, because... It's an, in, an enclosed uh, meeting, so there's obviously some suggestion of confidentiality, if mm. you like. Mm. But then we are the, the people who actually want to hear our local politicians mm. tell mm. us. Yeah. In fact, the, did you learn? It's a very good important. point, John, in, in the context of what we've just said. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we have berated, we've just berated the politicians. Yeah. Well, now we'd like, as you've said, we'd like to hear what our local politicians will be doing. Well, the only thing I will say to you is this is our elected representatives on the council. These are not our TDs. No. And I would be, more, if Bernard Gloucester was meeting the TDs of the Midwest region and that was behind closed doors, I would be a little bit more up in arms. 
in relation to the council, now, you, again, this, you have to bear in mind, it's Clare County Council. The hospital, the regional is in Limerick, but Clare County Council councillors are going to be looking for Ennis to be brought back mm. into play. So yes. I, I, would, I wouldn't I would knock them too much for it. I, I, I'd respect Mr. Gloucester for meeting them, yeah. and I'm sure... Why do you think it's being held in camera? Uh, if I was to give a diplomatic answer, I'd say that there could be some agricultural uh, comments and, uh, <laughs> and uh, expressions of opinion given at the meeting that might not be something that, in the cold light of day, that any of them would appreciate being out in the open. <laughs> you have a point. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. We, we listen. We 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 see what goes on. But we're going to go from the council, and we're going to go to page one of the Echo because I think title of the week uh, is yeah. a picture of four lovely ladies and a very happy man in the middle of it, and it's Cooney's Angels. So Pat, take it away. Yeah, in trying to clear business excellence award last Thursday, at the end of the morning there was N Hogan, Hogan, Nutel Nutel. O'Connor, Cameron Clune and Pamela Kennedy from from McCoe Gallagher Ryan Accountants with Mayor of Clare, Councillor Joe Cooney. The Wards Gala was, was organised by Innes Chamber of Commerce. So Joe is looking well there with the chain of office and uh, for uh, fine Very looking. angelic looking, would you? <laughs> that is best behaviour there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lovely photo and a lovely headline there, a, a picture from Ar- Arthur Ellis in, in relation to it. There is another headline on the page one of the Echo, which sadly we haven't more information on. Uh, big win for Gort. And this is in relation to anyone that's travelled up to Gort in the last number of years. We'll have seen the sort of signs outside it, no biogas uh, plant for Gort. And it appears... Uh, I, I'll just read it out and I, I'll get your comment on it then. It says, big win for Gort. Oh, sorry. Okay. Thanks, uh, Pat. Uh, Gort campaigners have claimed a major win in their five-year fight against the planned biogas plant. Uh, action was taken in the High Court by uh, Biogas Concern Group and that uh, the low, Burn Lowlands after Board Planal approved plans for the plant, which was 800 metres from the town square. And on board Planala conceded in court on Tuesday to the delight of campaigners in South Galway. So, Pat, take us away with the rest of that article there. Yeah, in page 28, in the, in the Gort and North Clare news, uh, Luke, uh, Burn Lowlands and Gort by a guest concern group over the moon. Um, local development group Burn Lowlands and CLG held an air gym in Gort on Tuesday night, November 21st. The air gym coincided with a major success story for the Burn Lowlands community as the High Court Judicial Review led by Gort Biogas Concern Group in association with the Burn Lowlands was won. It was the accumulation of five-year campaign. Vice Chair of the Burn Lowlands, uh, Karen O'Neill, speaking at the AGM, said the proposed biogas planned next to Pool Carrylands Special Area of Conservation and 800 metres from Gort Town Centre in the Gort when, when Gart Biogas Concern Group requested assistance from Burn Lowlands in taking the High Court Judicial Review, we had unanimous support from the Director's duties. Yeah. Pat, could t- tell me this. Why should I, as a listener to our programme this morning, why should I um, have any trucking with biogas yeah, I suppose- near my residence? Yeah, I suppose it probably was the was the wrong place to, to put it, but, but close to town anyway. Well, what but, is, but what we, is biogas? Uh, biogas is gas produced 
biolo- uh, from biological so it's it's yeah. it's sustainable gas it's not a fossil fuel it's right. gas that is produced from, um from but i understand from grass, from grass and, and other things and crops and other things yeah. Yeah. but i understand that there was no smells or anything and and and, and are there smells no and and um, I think uh, they they use um, slurry as well, and they don't they, they, they can, yeah. But but the reports in the newspapers are very lacking. We don't know what what the ruling from the high court was. I know what, ba- yeah. On what basis? Now the 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 people who are behind the campaign, of course, said, you know, it posed a major challenge to burn lowland strategy to make the area a better place to live. But I doubt that the court would have. Uh, ruled on that basis because it's it's only the the, the process that the court would have ruled on. So yeah. we upbraid our journalists for not giving us the information that well, we need. Well, the only thing we we can sort of say in their defence and uh, is that this decision came on Tuesday. It's a small heading on the front page, and perhaps like we might get more next stories. Week. There's more to come. More next to come week because more uh, to come. Uh, there's oh. more to come. I'm just going to refer to two articles that are on page three of the Clare Champion. Just in passing, uh, a home for Christmas for a man living under a bridge. Kit Smalley, who uh, the man that was living under the bridge in Doonbeg Village, has got a house. And he's now been uh, put up in Kilrush. Uh, he says, quote, I got a place last Friday. It's in Kilrush. It's a really nice uh, ground floor apartment, he told the Clare Champion this week. So uh, we'll wish him the best of luck with that. I think that's great, Luke. I mean, here we are, we, a couple of weeks off Christmas. And the, the man who has had a miserable, miserable year under the bridge has a place. And that's good. Mm. And I, I congratulate him for... Well, he, we're, 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 I, I suspect his problem might have been he was based in Dunebeg. There was probably nothing available in Dunebeg, but I'm glad he's decided to move to Kilrush where he, something was available. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, we have to realise that sometimes, to be fair in the council, the council offer all sorts of housing, but it's often turned down by people yeah. as not suitable for their purposes. And that's fair enough. It mightn't be. Yeah. But um, just to be fair to the council, because I think they do their best. Why do I, I yeah. think so too? Yeah. yeah, but it has taken a long time for this particular individual to be sorted out. Yeah, yeah. He, he was on, I heard him on KNFM uh, the other morning, and uh, he, he... How was he, Pat? Uh, I, he was delighted, and he said that, um, he said he, 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 um, he paid great tribute to the Dunbeg people for helping him out, and they, they, they helped him get, get, his, um, get his apartment and all that, and uh, he was delighted to have moved in. Yeah, okay, well, listen, we'll, we'll wish him the best. A topic that sort of has sort of raised its head on a number of occasions and is one that a lot of us sort of struggle to understand. Unfortunately, is on page three of the champion as well. The long-awaited inquest into the deaths of the first Clare and Irish Coast Guard volunteer to pass away while on active duty uh, is scheduled to take place in Kilmallock Court next Monday, November 27th, and it's believed that up to five days have been set aside to deal with the large number of witnesses. Um, this whole tragedy where uh, Katrina Lucas lost her life uh, off Kilkee in September 2016. Uh, this event has not been dealt with, I think, I, I'm just talking about the aftermath of the event, not the tragedy itself. I'm talking about how things have subsequently been dealt with is not one that a lot of people... In the Coast be, Guard. Yeah, yeah, can be very happy with. Yeah. No, it takes no. seven years to, 
yeah. 10 years to have a, a, an inquest. An inquest. Uh, why does it take so long to have an inquest? Well, I think there's probably questions in relation to a file that would have gone to the DPP. Um, they had to wait until that was uh, yeah, and, sorted and out. See, was there going to be yeah. you know anything as a result of that? But seven years... Like it does seem an awful long my time. My family have suffered lo long enough. Yeah, and you know, and, and they, that, the ho that whole story now will be just a bit like the Stardust thing, which is much, of course, much, much longer. Yeah. It resurrects all those, yep. all that time again. Yeah. And it is hard for families yep. to have to go through a process like that, even though they might want that process to be done. Yeah. What, uh, Luke, could I ask you this? What do you think of, of Senator Conway's observation? Um on page, uh, what page is it? It's on page eight of the champion, okay? Planning lack of common sense. Now, no, John, that's a loaded question asking me about common sense because I will be the first to point out that so I don't I think there's a lot of it going I around. I would ask, but it struck me when uh, when I read it, that we should use common sense. One person's common sense exactly, might be another person's exactly, common sense. Exactly, David. Yeah. Mm. It is, um, it's a ridiculous uh, mm. observation, really. Mm. It adds nothing to the debate of on what's wrong with, yeah. with the um, yeah. planning uh, admi administration. Well, I think it's in relation to the article there by Sharon Dolan Darcy. Uh, it's on page eight of the champion, it's basically uh, he has raised his concerns about the housing for all plan to improve the national housing system, saying there needs to be greater focus on rural Ireland. Yeah. Criticising the plan, he said there also needs to be more of a focus on bringing derelict properties back into use, which he claimed could easily be done. So, uh, sure, isn't that being done? I mean, the government has made plenty of has provided lots of money for vacant houses to be brought back into use and for councils to step in to and acquire vacant properties. No, but I mean, <laughs> where are the fresh ideas? Because these are all existing ideas. Yeah. Well, sure, I suppose the fresh ideas might involve that, uh, considering we have 52 villages in the county that don't, ha don't have a sewage uh, treatment plan. That's well, it's interesting you raised that. <laughs> in operation. Go on, because, David. Because um, I just have to find the story now, but uh, there are... There is one, at least one member of the Oireachtas sweating, we are told, oh, in the that, newspaper. That, that, that's our local senator. That is our local senator, Senator Dooley, who um, uh, uh, made, a promise. made a promise that he would not stand in the forthcoming general election were, it, were the, 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 the page four of the Echo. Yeah. Um, he would not stand um, if the if the if the funding for Cura Clare and Broadford sewage treatment works um, was not announced. And, of course, it hasn't been announced. Yes. Yes. Um, and we're, we're, the, the headline on page four is, we're getting the brunt of it, reps frustrated. Um, assurances have been issued to Clare TD Cahill Crow by officials in the Department of Housing that an announcement would be made by November 13th. What date is it now, Luke? It's, well, it's, uh, technically, uh, we're recording on Friday the 24th. Yeah, so we're well past that so sell by what day. what year, David? Didn't um, say what year. No. <laughs> does it put the lo a local senator in uh, an invidious It position? does. It says here, Senator Timmy Dooney, Fianna Fáil, will be sweating on, on an announcement because uh, he did rather dramatically indicate about two weeks ago that... Um, 
he would not be standing again well, were not the announcement Yeah, but Timmy made. will only be sweating if an election is called in the next yeah. few weeks. And, <laughs> and, and, Which, of course, it could. An election could be called. It could for any particular reason. Well, well, but unlikely. Well, right, well, listen, uh, we, we'll sort of indirectly talk just, about politics. Pat, go on. Just before I, I was at the Clare Champion lunch today and I met PJ Mason, hmm. and we had a discussion on the, on, on the, on the Broadfoot uh, Situation. situation, yeah, and he says the the big problem the big problem is the department officials don't agree with giving money to small villagers that it's not cost effective. effective. So, that's so, the, so they're basically yeah. saying that if they spend five million in a small what they class as a small area like Broadford, that that might only sort uh, of say for argument's sake. A uh, hundred houses, whereas if they spend yeah. five million in the middle of the city, it might sort of. But I suppose the argument is we are we are an expanding population, and if they want people to live in 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 villages and towns, they don't. Uh, the department. Well, well, they don't want people living in the in the countryside, but yeah. they want people living in villages and towns. I suspect. But David, I'd I'd I'd, I'd say there is what Pat has brought out there that there is a divide in opinion. <laughs> With regard to the future of villages in in rural Ireland, potentially, and and you can see over time that certain villages do go into decline and no longer really exist. Like I don't want to say it, but I will. Ogunolo is an example where you once had, in the nineteenth early twentieth century, a lot of services. Mm-hmm. Um, now you only have a church, school, the, and you have a school, even, but yes. you have no shops. Yeah, even over in our place, um, you, have only, you have no shop. No, you have just the, the, the you have one pub. Yeah. Your place, in case the listener doesn't know, Pat, is <laughs> O'Callaghan's Mills. O'Callaghan's Mills. And all our listeners know where Pat comes from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, there's only the one pub and there's a couple of garages. And uh, that's the school and the church. But, uh, the, all, no shop. No shop. None at all. None at all. Yeah. You can't buy a pint and, of milk if they go to Toronto. Are you serious? Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's what the civil servants are thinking about. The car, since the 1960s, the car has done awful damage, to be yeah. fair. Mm. Um, but there is an awful lot of politics in the in the paper today, Luke. There, there is, David, and a good lead-in, and if you want to start on it, because as I said in the pre-production meeting here, it's a bit like uh, uh, the, the marquee season is over. It's like it's Easter, <laughs> it's Easter Sunday and the calves are being let out. Well, that's right. So, so, some, of the, some of the calves have turned into two-year-olds and are being, so, are being gotten rid of. So end of an era as Pat the Mace McMahon retires is on the front page of the Echo, and it's on page four of the uh, of the champion. It says there, Pat bows out undefeated as the McMahon's 80-year run ends. So you have one set of people going out, and then you have a lot, of, uh, quite a few announcements from all the political parties, most of them anyway, of of the new people coming in. Yeah, and uh, we, we referred last week to the Social Democrats unveiled uh, part of their Clare, Clare local election ticket. But on page four, uh, John, there's the topic here now that this sort of upsets you a little bit uh, in the champion because it's just 90 votes for a seat. A tiny number of Fianna Fáil members will choose who takes the vacant uh, council seat after it's basically where long-serving councillor Bill Chambers, who resigned his seat last week, and we we referred to that uh, la- last week. And uh, so basically, uh, they say that this small number of voters is the equivalent of 5- 0.58 
the percent of the quota 1530, which was required for successful candidates who contested the elections in the Kilrush area in 2019. Uh, John, while you're gathering your thoughts there, David, yeah. this is a topic now that um, you you brought up and yeah. you, you you have perhaps a common sense way of looking at this. Well, I don't think this is in any way democratic at all. Um, that and it's not. It doesn't matter which political party because it, it would happen in any in in any instance where uh, a sitting party member uh, of the of the council vacates the seat that their party will then nominate. Is it general? Is it this is this a general policy? It, it's a general policy across the country. Um, but the truth of it is, there will be a contest in this case. And, and there's just two people putting themselves forward, one who has stood for election and another who hasn't. Yeah. And as the headline says, only 90 people vote. I can't understand why in a modern democracy and in, in, in other democracies, they can do this very well. Um, why we, the people, can't choose who our deputies will be, who, who our subs will be in the event of a vacation or uh, a vacating a seat. Well, if someone has put in their, in, 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 um, in Councillor Chambers' um, seat, he's only going to be there until next June. Oh, sure, I know that. June, yeah. But, but we have case. had cases in the past where um, the council election was only a year gone and the and, and, and a person vacated. I think we had one ordination. Yes, we have. Uh, and there was one or two. I think the Green Party then um, was another one. one or so two. it yeah. does happen fairly regularly. Well, uh, Peter Gorman was co-opted as well. In, uh, well, he was... Uh, he was, he was don't you think it's undemocratic, Pat? He was voted in. He was voted in in a contest for those three, I think, people went. Yeah. And yeah. He, he replaced... Um, Shouldn't the people decide this? Shouldn't the people decide? Well, I suppose they should. Maybe they should, I don't know. But, but you see, David, how how... Talk to me about the practicalities of it, because mm. uh, next June, the people will vote on who they want as their councillors for the next five years. And the candidates, you'll have successful candidates and you'll have candidates who are unsuccessful. Mm. Now, just say for argument's sake, I, I'll, I'll talk about a party based system here. Uh, Fianna Fáil get two councillors elected. Fianna Gael get two councillors elected, Sinn Féin get two councillors elected, and we'll say the, the Greens get two, and everyone everyone gets two, yeah. right? Now, is it on a county basis that you're talking about having a list system that if one of their councillors in the constituency, uh, in, the, in, a, in a different municipal district, if they, uh, for some reason, decide to step down or say if something tragic happens or if they just decide to resign that there is a person put forward that would take their seat now because the, the point I'm, I'm trying to put across is this is for the Kilrush electoral area mm -hmm. so if you had a scenario where there was a popular candidate in the uh, Killaloo electoral area who was the number one sub on the Fianna Fáil list for argument's sake why should he go into uh, West Clare. Yeah, well, I would agree with you that wouldn't work. I, what I would suggest is that each of our local constituency areas would have a separate list, and then you would ensure representation from that for each party. If you, and they could, they could be contested. They could be two Fianna Fáilers contesting who's going to be on the top of the list and who will be on the second, and so on. But, uh, maybe there should be a backup of three. If, if, if we look at Dan Dennehill's thing there, uh, a tiny number of Fianna Fáil members will choose who takes vacant council seat. Well, if we refer, if you just win, he says 90. If we, if we refer to O'Gorman and Griffin chosen here in, this, in Shannon, uh, in, in the, the, they, had, they had their convention recently, there was 92 votes cast. 
Yeah, so, but so, that's fine. They, that's the party themselves selecting. But yeah, then we, we, the the voter, gets yeah. to decide if either of them gets selected. But, but in this case, we have no opportunity at all to vote on these that, people. Yeah. But the party person has been successful at getting elected in the first yeah, place. He, he needs, so, so should the position but that not go that is an individual. If one is if if one is put up for election, one stands on their own ability to make a case for themselves, and then the electorate decides. I mean, that is pure democracy. You don't mean, are you suggesting, I, I, I may have missed something there, David, are you suggesting that there should be a constituency election to determine the replacement? In June next year, every citizen yes. in this county will get a vote uh, based on the municipal district. Um, I am suggesting that we have some sort of a system uh, it could be a list, it could be some other system, where we also then would select those who might act as subs. Well, that's, that's a, a team we could take up with the, um, our, our, uh, our representatives. Mm. And, well, it's probably for the government to make the decision, because this happens all over the country. national decision, but it, yeah. it starts at the There's base. Too much common sense has been spoken about here in the last few minutes, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> uh, before we get to halftime, Pat... Page 36 of the Echo, Wix and Wax named 2023 Clare Business of the Year. I'd say Pat is a regular customer of Wi Wix well, and Wax. Well, well, Pat now is a bit of a celebrity, as we all know, we and, do, and yeah. uh, it, he has spoken to these people. He's ladies. always finally turned out. Uh, Daniel Kennelly and uh, Ashlyn Kennelly, Wix and Wax, they're pictured there, uh, pictured by Arthur Ellis on page 36. Keen as well. Sorry, to Chantelle and Danielle, my apologies. And uh, the point about it being is, those ladies, if you, you talk to those ladies, you can't come away but without being impressed by their attitude, their business sense and their savvy. And they're just, I'm delighted for them because we've met them, Pat, on a few occasions. Yeah, we met them, well, yeah. It's great. They're Would really like positive. Share with us? We met them back in, in, in um, the, Up at the cliffs, yeah. Up here, and we, we had a chat with them. And um, yeah, they, they, they set up this business of... of, of Handle business. Handles, yeah. yeah. And uh, they're doing very well with it. Oh, that's where the wicks. I, 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 I actually thought it was when I saw wax. I thought it was something to do with, um, you know, beauty treatment, waxing, and all that. And I was wondering what the wicks was about. Um, <laughs> but it's actually they they produce candles. Yes, they're candles. Yeah, and all the businesses are there. All the business awards are there. Clear Business Excellence Awards, and the overall winner. <laughs> there's quite there's quite a few pages of of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Page thirty eight. Yeah. 39, 40, all, all the 41. All the different uh, categories. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of businesses have done well. And I think that's what, where uh, Cooney's Angels comes from as well. They were, yeah. they were, they also uh, won an award. At the award ceremony. Right. Listen, we've reached half time. So it's uh, a time to uh, take a break and uh, we play a little bit of music. So, Pat, uh, what's up this week? Elvis Presley, um, Return to Cinder. It was number one in the charts this week in 1962, Lou. Well, yeah, before, uh, before some of our time, before some of us. Right, we'll be back in a few minutes. Return to sender. Return to sender. I gave a letter to the postman. He put it in his sack. Bright and early next morning, he brought my letter back. Now, 
a little bit of Elvis to get us started on part two of the show as we've evolved from part one. And I'm delighted that uh, the proper host for the day uh, has arrived and hopefully she's going to be able to keep uh, her tabs on you. So Carol McNamara has arrived and is going to sort of uh, take over the second half of the show, try to keep the boys uh, under under, uh, wraps and sort of uh, on a time schedule. And so, Carol, before we get started, I'm just going to hand it to Pat because, Pat, there's a very big event taking place in East Clare this weekend and uh, the radio is going to be there for the final uh, three hours of it. So tell us about what's happening uh, all over Clare this weekend. It's in page 47 there on the Echo and it's on the, in the Champion as well, Luke. Um, the Irish Nationals are on over the weekend in in various venues around Clare. The hidden here is Cretan and Nash, the home favourites as Clare host Nationals. Colin Cretan and Dermot Nash are viewed as Clare's greatest chance of success in the Irish Nationals taking place in the county in what is viewed as the biggest handball event to take place in Clare since the World Championships in 1989. Some 150 male and female handballers from across Ireland, including a number of Clare's finest, will descend in nine venues at count- as the county hosts the Irish Nationals. Nine host clubs have been building up to the Nationals for weeks, with significant investment and volunteer time dedicated to getting the venues right for the event. The second most important competition of the year after the All Ireland which will be held in March. Uh, Broadford, Clark Castle, Clooney, Quinn, Kilkishan, the Master of Fergus, O'Callaghan's Mills, Tuna, Clungraney and Tuller Courts are, are, are hosting the, the event. There are 175 games will be played, commencing on Friday and finishing on Sunday. So uh, it's, a, it's a busy weekend for all the handball people and uh, the finals are in Clungraney, um, Kilkishan and um, I think some of them are Clark Castle, maybe in Clooney. So uh, it starts on Friday night. Uh, it, ha- it has started on Friday night as well on Sunday, and um, it finishes on Sunday evening. So, wow. and it's free for everyone. Anyone that wants to go, go along and and uh, go along to the the matches. Can I will be, be on all day in in all the in all the venues. 175 games over three venues. Yeah. How, how long? No, not over three venues. There's more venues. Nine, nine venues. Sorry, over nine venues. All right. Yeah, you're Bradford, Castle, Clooney, Quinn, Kilkishan, Namakan, Fergus, Mills, Tuna, Tungrelli, and Tuller. So you have you have three venues. How often would this be in Clare? It, it hadn't been. I don't think no. it hadn't been in Clare before. <laughs> but it's a various venues around uh, around. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's called a ranking tournament. Yeah. Uh, there was one up in Belfast last week, which was the Golden Gloves. And all the big, uh, actually, Dion McNash was in the final of the but he was beaten by, by Robbie McCarthy. Pat, um, can I throw a curveball at you to use a pun? Um, wall ball championship comes west. What do you make of this wall yeah, well, ball? This is on page four of the yeah, champion. That's, that's similar, it's, it's, it's going to be in, in UL. Yeah, is it handball or it's is handball, it? It's handball, yeah. Why yeah. is it called wall ball? I don't know why they have changed the name, but I don't know yeah. why they have changed, this is more, changed the name. This is but... more international, isn't it? I mean, it's... It is. It's... It is. You're going to have a lot more players coming in. To, it's going to be in Limerick in the in UL. And it's United States, the UK, and mainland Europe, and it's rotated. So do you think our... our Would our handballers in the county oh, yeah. they, they win. be engaged in this sort of thing? Oh, they, win. They, they, they win. They They have won titles in America and everywhere. They have, yeah. And just to wind up on that, so what is our commitment to Scarif Bay Radio and the coverage of it? Yeah, I say on Sunday they'll be covering the finals. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Okay, thanks very uh, much. Just, just before we go, uh, Carol, um, uh, last Sunday, Laurie, Laurie, Laurie Ryan from Innes, she captained at Lone Town to win the Ladies FAI Cup. Fantastic. So um, it's and she plays she plays um, Gaelic football with Clare, and she um, 
she um, also plays with the Banner Ladies uh, Gaelic football team. So that's a pretty lady. I think she she walks up in a clone in the in the college there, and she captain. So she's just marvelous to see a clear lady a captain in a national team, national competition. Now, John, on page twelve of the Echo. Twelve. Yes, um, getting to more local news. The application finalised for the Scarif project, which is in relation to the application for the new car park before the development starts on the Market Square. And there was um, there was some dissenting voices among the representatives as the Scarif regeneration project gets ready to be submitted. Um, can you throw any light on this? Well, we're all waiting, waiting, um, Carl, with bated breath as to the outcome of the project, we call it, the, the Scarf Project, which embraces uh, an aesthetic appreciation uh, to be a bit more manifest in the... It's rather controversial, though, John, isn't it? it? Is, yeah. We have a problem with regard to uh, smaller issues which need to be addressed. Mm. Such the as Connor had in mind to remove some trees. Yeah. Okay. And I think car, car parking space is is another one of them that yeah, the business but the, but has the highlighted. Tree, the tree question and, 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 is answered, but there is an answer possible for that. And the dreaded uh, cobblestones. Yeah, the cobblestone. But I don't think really, anybody wanted to keep them. If you look at the foundation, the, the at the platform on which the actual large tree, the large one, on the left and the bottom side. If you look at, you see that the, the, the tiles are rising up, driven by the actual, um, what do you call it? Roots. The, the roots of the tree. So your man's idea, or ladies, or whoever the person was designing, redesigning, they thought it might be a good idea to remove the tree. Yeah, which is ridiculous. We're saying that's ridiculous. Yeah. And we're saying uh, as well uh, that you have to accept there will be a, a maintenance cost to keep the play the tree in yeah. form. Now, Councillor Pat Hayes said we've had a lot of discussions in the market square, but we're down to the wire, and the call for national funding is there. So he seems to be wanting to guillotine it and move along. First condition is to have a car park in place. He flagged. The hope is we might get national funding, which is hugely beneficial for the future yeah. of Scarif. So, I mean, yeah, okay, there's national funding, but there's unresolved questions, and quite a lot, uh, I would say, quite a lot of time, it, 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 we're sort of um, hijacked sometimes by the idea of money without actually having resolved the discussions. So well, the, sorry, can I just ask on that? So yeah. the 524,000, which has been received, the Scarif Regeneration Project, that's that's got, we have that. Yeah. Um, so this would be additional funding. That to actually do the work, do because the work. that 524 probably only did the initial designs and yeah. the consultations and whatever, the preliminary works that they had yeah. to do. Uh, I mean, they had to acquire the back of the... The proposed car park, for those who mightn't be aware of it, is being put what was behind Supermax in in the in the in the in the, in the town. Yes, that's great. Behind, behind the Merriman, yeah. beside the Merriman Tavern. It's down, yeah. it's down, it's down the road, the link road onto the Mount Shannon Road. Yeah. 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 So that was in private hands. But anyway, let's see where, where it goes. Yeah. Okay, so sticking with uh, issues of East Clare, we're going to think about the flooding, grainy flooding. Uh, yeah, flooding challenges in River Grainy, catchment hindering farm work. Councillor Hayes is very busy this week. 
Um, not only did he raise the car parks, but he's raising water issues as well. Um, and he was speaking at the November meeting of the of the Killaloo Municipal District. And he is talking about the flooding, the increased flooding along the River Grainy, which, of course, is a river and it floods all the time. And I, but, I, but I suppose the, what he's pointing out is that it, it's flooding um, more regularly and that it, the floods are far more severe. And, of course, this is a... It's under the it's under the Green Clare page, which is the the clue that um, the environmental changes that we're experiencing is having a, a local impact. David, you remember in some of your own research on the area uh, that the problem of flooding on the Grainy River has been was a perennial problem a mm. hundred years ago. Yeah, and money was being allocated. It was uh, to, it, to, it was, to remove obstacles in it for the most part. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, dredgers were used. Pardon? Dredgers were used. Indeed. Yeah. Um, but, the, but, but, but now that we are in a very different type of climate, we get more, we will be getting a lot more rain as we've, ex as we've currently experienced, and therefore it's going to flood more regularly. But the, 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 see, the government decisions and uh, decisions made over in Europe have decided we, we, won't, uh, we won't dredge out or clean out any more rivers. Because dredging has an impact has other has other impacts on the on on the um, ecosystem in the river. Yeah, but that's so if if you have fish, for example, in a river, if we haven't fish. Uh, we, we, uh, uh, doesn't I, that I, river doesn't that river go into Loch Derg? There's lakes, there's lakes and rivers all around my place, and there was people coming when I was a young fella. Loads of people from England fishing. If 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 if, if you meet a fisherman from England now, and he's fishing in the lakes around us, he, he finds no no fish. But that's because of all the dredging. That's we, we've destroyed. We have destroyed. And it is partly because the bigger problem, which is the algae problem, which is also um, a contributing factor from, from farming well, and I, from other land usage. Azure forestry is thrown in as a, another negative influence. Is, yeah, the green, we're, going, we're, we're going to be talking about the flooding. Of the, 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 the fins of the... Of the but when I, was, when I was a young fella, and that's a long time ago... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we won't deny it, Pat. Clare <laughs> County Council, Clare County Council uh, hired out a group of extra people, mostly young fellows that was going to secondary school and maybe uh, third level of the college, and they were off for the summer. They, they hired them on, and they put them in with experienced people on the rivers, and all the rivers were cleaned. Were the, uh, the banks were, were were shaved with it? Yeah, with, that's with, just with, maintaining the riverbank. And they were cleaned up. Yeah. And, to keep water moving. Yeah. But that isn't done anymore. Well, that should be done because there's no, the, uh, sort of those manual interventions, but dredging would be a far more serious. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But I would agree with you that if they were regularly maintained, as indeed our roads are regularly maintained, yeah. the, 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 we, we're probably now gone beyond the, the, we have to adapt to the new circumstances, which is about maintaining them. Yes. Okay, that's enough about that now. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to shut down a very serious conversation, do you? I do want to shut that down now, yeah. and I'm in charge. So, yeah. thinking about Green Clare, we can move on because it's really kind of, I suppose, somehow related. Council is pushed to have defined area only for election posters. Who wants to speak to that? I don't oh. think it's related at all. It just happens to be on the next page. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, John, what do you think of this? Because uh, this is a proposal to have only posters in particular areas in Ennis. In Ennis, yeah. What do, what do you make of that? Well, in Ennis, uh, the, town, uh, the town, yes, I could ex accept it. But 
it might be a bit more difficult. There's a bit of there's a little bit of history in having during an election time a scatter of, of oh, yeah, posters. Get blown around the press and everything. There. Well, now that's one. So, would you be against posters, Pat? Well, the the the, the council election the last time they had no posters. Is that right? Yeah, there was oh. no posters. Why? Why not? They, they decided to get rid of them. They, they, they On environmental grounds. Environmental grounds, yeah. 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 Sure I must we... say I'm a fan of the poster. Um, uh, especially uh, if you can recycle them, there should, shouldn't be a problem with green. But um, it says here, um, <laughs> uh, Councillor, which was this? I don't know, Councillor... Uh, Councillor Tom O'Callaghan said, I've yet to meet someone who says they hate posters. To which Councillor Howard interrupted, I just told you I hate posters. <laughs> well, they were having a bit of fun, David. <laughs> but I think, John, your point was an atmosphere of an election is created by the posters ah, and the yes. buzz they bring. Uh, he added, this is Tom O'Callaghan, and felt the proposal would be unfortunate for new candidates. Who won? Isn't that a fair point, Pat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, yeah. If you're a new candidate and you want to get known... Um, which the, and you want to get your name out there is a safety factor posters along a side road country road David driving along okay who's that Mary <laughs> you know okay wham into it into now, a, do we know of any Mary, do we Mary know happens? of any place Mary, where that has happened happen. Mary, Mary Howard will probably have no posters so the next time round okay gentlemen <laughs> gentlemen moving on now because as we record this uh, this is uh, very much in the news is all things to do with policing models oh. and what's going on. And uh, on page 13 of the Clare Champion, uh, Clare County Council have been put on alert to organise another Garda briefing yeah. about the controversial Garda policing model sorry, following dissatisfaction expressed by a local councillor. And before we take this to a national stage, which we will do, let's just look at... Um, could somebody want to talk to that, David? Do you want to talk to that? Um, it says here controversial, and I'm not sure is it that controversial, but certainly some of the councillors have issues about it. Um, this is about the new divisional structure, um, and it means that East Clare and big chunk of Tipperary is included. Uh, Nina, Ross Gray, Newport, Boris O'Kane, Tumavara, Clock Jordan, Dulla, Laura, Moneygall and Portrow are all part of the one Garda division with East Clare. So it's East Clare and North Tipperary. And there is a fear, I suppose, that um, things about response rate, things about local policing, et cetera, et cetera. And I think this is what the politicians are, are saying. Um, Councillor Pat Hayes, God, Pat is getting a lot of exposure, exposure in, in, the, in the newspapers this week. Yeah. Councillor Pat Hayes told a recent Killaloo Municipal District meeting councillors were still waiting for maps indicating the new Garda divisions which were promised at the previous presentation. And he said, and this is a quote, having used the service since the last meeting, when I rang Nina Garda station, I said, this isn't a good enough service and was told I should contact my politicians. <laughs> <laughs> which I am a politician, which is disconcerting in a sense that people are telling you you should be who you should be contacting, he said. I don't think the service is up to standard at the moment okay. and we need to get it right. But, right. you know, I think an interesting part of this story is the fact that it's Ollie Baker, the great Ollie Baker, mm. the Claire Hurler, uh, who superintended, who was presenting, making this presentation about the changes. 
And I think in his summing up, he's saying that the fear is resources from Killaloo and Scarif could be bought from Nina, which will not happen. The value of having the Killaloo Garda is in Killaloo. Well, so, I think we'll see you. Pears had an incident. Pat Hales had an incident up, well, um, uh, some people came and uh, went into and then... Uh, we covered and, that one last, uh, last week, Pat. Yeah, and took, took, uh, went up on his roof and, 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 and uh, were taking money off him. So he, he reported, he, he contacted Killaloo, and when he contacted Killaloo, he was, he, he said that he was sent on to, he was transferred on to Nina. Yeah. So you had someone, you had to get a, a car from Nina to travel up to... Landry, which is up above Fetal, up, up into and Fetal. How long would that take, I wonder? Yeah, well... Landry to be, yeah. Fella, Quite a while. The fellow that was probably on the roof of the house and got the money was, was probably up in Galway yeah. at the time. Yeah. I think they were yeah. from Galway. Yeah. I know, John, you're keen for us to relate when we're talking about policing. I mean, it's very hard to be making this recording the night after... Um, the tragedy. The tragedy in Dublin. Absolutely. And we have to address that. But we have, we have talked about the... Um, Difficulties uh, associated with, uh, okay, I'm getting a mark from the sideline. We've only got about three minutes to, yeah, to yeah. hammer this home. Yeah. Okay. We have a problem with regard to funding of our police. And nothing brought it out as much, for me anyway, as the horror, horrible events of the last 24 hours. I'm asking, the minister says, has been telling us for ages, that we have enough police, we're able to, you know, uh, manage without any further, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm saying, tell me, Minister, where were the body cams that were asked for? Was where there a shortage of police last, there was uh, at shortage, the incident? But was I'm, that I'm, reported? I'm, there was a shortage. How do you know there was a shortage? Well, when you see a man with a peak cap, okay, Brushing, trying to brush a crowd away from him. You're yeah. saying he didn't come prepared for a riot. All I'm but saying... Sure, nobody comes prepared for a riot when it's just breaking out. No, but no, there was... Summon, you no. summon the rest of the guards in. And by... Wait a minute. I mean, the police I, the did point come I'm, out in the force. The point, David, I'm, I'm trying to get across. Yeah. And it's a simple point. We do not spend the necessary amount of money. We're talking about uh, spending... Twice the amount on defence this coming year. But okay. didn't the government in the last budget announce additional money, additional money for recruits? It doesn't take a, a genius to order the, the webcams. Imagine the DNA. Well, webcams now are something separate. Sorry, Aren't you talking about recruiting? No, a num I'm not. number of people. Recruiting is a, a, a personnel yeah. factor. I'm thinking about body cams, aren't you? That are, that are worn on the uniform. I'm talking about the body cam worn. I'm talking about yeah. safety equipment. Yeah. Where is it? I'm talking about training. Do you when think that would have stopped the rioting? That's not the point. The but, point but, I'm, but, but what I'm, is the I'm point? trying to nail the minister <laughs> for failing to actually see that you can't get the kind of modern technology on the side of the road. Okay? You have to buy it and put the money into it. Yeah. And we're, they the training. Well, ask when was the serious training with regard to crowd control and what have you. That is I suppose is an issue for the Garda Commissioner, isn't it, rather than the Minister? No, it is the Minister. No, I would say the Garda Commissioner no, is responsible uh, well, for operation. Right. If, 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 if some people choose to take that particular interpretation of it, well, sure, sure. the I'm Minister not. can't 
determine yeah. the, I have to wrap the it up. of... <laughs> I have to wrap it up, but I'm wrapping it up on the say, if I were the Minister for Justice this year, I would resign my position. And certainly failing... that has been called for in the, in the Dalton Day by, the, the, by uh, Mary Lou McDonald. That has been mm. what, what has been, it's in no confidence in the in, in Drew Harris and in the... Um, in Drew Harris, the yeah, actual and, commissioner. And in Helen McEntee. Yeah. But we will have to leave that there. I think our thoughts and prayers are with all those injured and all those who yeah. keep our streets safe um, or do their best to. So, uh, is that it? Have we more to do? We have a song to hear, don't we? Oh, <laughs> are you going to sing, David? Not this time, Carol. <laughs> but I come prepared next week. Okay, what have we got, Pat? We'll, we'll finish off with Tin Lizzy and Whiskey in the Jail, which was number... One of the charts in 1972 this week. Yep. Oh. I remember it well. <laughs> there we go. Oh. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> Just swore that you loved me 